And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you choose if you can't listen live overnight. It's funny because Eric and I just having a discussion. Uh, I, I saw that story. That story is over a week old and the reason I know it is not because I read it. It's because all of my uh, my Buffalo friends that are Bills fans were crying about the horrible greed, oh, of, yeah. uh, the the incredible greed of uh, a player on the Buffalo Bills by the name of uh, Jordan Poyer. By the way, it's time for a Red Eye Radio Sports Update. Uh, good morning, sports fans. <laughs> Here's a partial score here, Philadelphia 6. Okay, that was a Carlin. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, uh, Jordan Poyer, who's a, a free agent, yeah, and and you were just telling me you said, Gary, and during the break, uh, Jordan Poyer says uh, uh, he would want to if he doesn't stay with the Bills, uh, he really would like to sign with Miami. He, he's, well, no, he, he the quote is, uh, "I'd love to live in a state where they don't take half my money." Okay, all right. Yeah. So uh, Texas, Florida, uh, whatever. For some reason, it was implied fr- from the post that I saw last week from Bills fans that it was that, that he was talking about Miami. Oh, maybe because of I know what it is. It's because uh, the uh, the uh, the the story that also came out with that that uh, when, uh, Tyreek Hill left the Kansas City Chiefs last year mm. and signed with Miami. Yeah, and so he got a four year, one hundred and twenty million dollar contract. So that's $30 million a year. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what his bonus was on that. Hmm. Uh, but they figured out that for the four years, if he was, if that's how, if, if he just made the 30 million, you know, every, you know, for four years in a row, that would be $3.2 million a year over the four year contract. <laughs> it's almost $13 million. In your pocket, yeah, for four years. That's right. an extra thirteen million bucks. And when you're, remember, when you're an NFL player, it's not like you're a CEO of a company, right? You're not staying for twenty years, 
Right. The average life of an NFL player is four years. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, and you think about that now, I mean, with inflation and everything else and just um, – and, and I'm thinking if you signed a $120 million contract, if like $40 million was guaranteed up front, oh, my – what's the hit there? Especially in some of these states that are having the uh, the millionaire's tax. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh graduated high school with the assistant GM of the Dolphins. So if they end up getting him, uh, you know, Marvin can tell him all about how great it is to not give <laughs> half your money to the state on income taxes. Uh, and, yeah. and by the way, and Marvin also hit about that average when he was playing. He played for the Patriots for exactly four years. And, uh, you know, this is, I, I think you look at it and, and what it was what was interesting is that the nature of uh, of the professional sports, but but uh, in this case the NFL and players, and where they wanted to go, what teams they wanted to go to. It's the same with the NBA and any professional sports, but you know a lot of them. Okay, where's my my chance at a Super Bowl? Where's my chance at you know? Uh, really, really, you know, uh, doing something great. But for a lot of them, it is, okay, hold on a second. I got I to know where, you know, um, it's going to make sense for me and my family. And they're thinking beyond the game. They're thinking beyond their their career on the field. And that has to... This this may be unique in that we hear a player say it, but I guarantee you it has been talked about for a long well, time behind closed doors. And 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 you think about it when uh, again we talk about the the fact that it is very finite and what you give up in your body mm-hmm. to play professional football. Yeah, right. You know the hurts that you're going to have down the road in it, the operations that you're going to have. Um, you know, the, the concussion problems that you might have right. and players yeah. start thinking this. Mm-hmm. And so every player doesn't make $30 million, but if you make, let's just throw this out. You make, let, let's say you get it, you play for a couple of years and you're only, you know, you're only playing at the lower level where you're making, you know, 700,000 a year. Remember, mm-hmm. you've got to pay your agent and everything else. There's a mm-hmm. ton of different stuff. And remember when you go to different stadiums, depending on what the state is, you have to pay income tax for that day and the amount that you make yeah. being there also. Yep. So it actually multiplies, you know, uh, beyond that. But if you're making, you know, 2 million a year, and I don't know what agents get, whatever they get, but mm. if if you're talking about the, the, the tax is 10%. Mm-hmm. And so on, on, you're making 2 million. Well, that means that's, would be two hundred thousand. Hmm. That's two hundred thousand each year for four years. Hmm. That's eight hundred thousand bucks. It's almost mm-hmm. a million. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give that up. No. If, if you're even at the lower level, you're like, I'd rather let me go play for the let me go play for the teams in uh, in in Texas and and Florida. Whoever who else doesn't have forgot who else doesn't have income tax. Hmm. But that's what you do at that particular point. Mm-hmm. Because you know that your time is, you know, you're finite. And I and I know that these 
and, and by the way, these uh, these people that I know, uh, most of them are Democrats that were saying, you know, how greedy he was to wind up. You make enough money, you make enough money, you make enough money until you actually put it down on paper and see how much it is. And you say, who's not going to make that decision to do that? Right. And right. you and I talked about it when when Phil Mickelson talked about that, you know, he wanted to go live on the on the sunny beaches and we're talking florida not saudi arabia mm. and uh he uh <laughs> yeah and, to be clear <laughs> now you have to make that distinction yeah exactly yeah uh but when he when uh, I, i'll never forget that and he said he wanted to move to florida because taxes are killing him oh my gosh he was i think he was hit harder than when he joined the saudi live league i think the liberals were more upset about that when he said he wanted to move California. Because remember how long that was on the news oh, for? Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable how long mm-hmm. that was in the news. And you and I sat back and figured it out one day and figured out what he made and knew at that time, remember, he had an interest. He wanted to buy the San Diego Padres. Right. But we figured over like a 10-year period by what he had to pay in taxes in California and what he made, not just on the golf tour, but in endorsements that it could end up being $100 million yeah. that it would cost him to stay in California. Now, I don't care who you are. You know, I don't care whether you're making a ton of money. If you're making $60 million a year or whatever, we figured he was making between 40 and 60 something like that, I think. I, we, mm-hmm. d- we did the calculations way back then. And you figure out that over a 10-year period, just by moving, that you make $100 million, and and that's that $100 million is tax-free. Mm-hmm. You're, you're telling me who's not going to go for that well that's it uh you know you look at uh, what's the top tax rate 13.9 is it 13.2 like uh, something like that yeah. uh state income tax and so at that time a federal and state in california he topped 50 it was i think 52 53 percent mm-hmm. and so you looked at that and said okay uh, you're not going to likely get the federal tax rate changed uh, anytime soon at that time. Uh, but you can leave the state. You can go yeah. to another state. Yeah. And I think it was anywhere between, I forgot, I thought it was somewhere between 70 and 100 million. And, and we, we had a huge leeway in there. Yeah, and but, we, but, but still. That's a lot of money that, to put down on a right. team. And so you can sit there and say, they're greedy, they're this, they're that. Yeah, but when you start making money and you wish to invest it and do different things with it, if you can make that kind of money over a 10-year period just by simply moving to another sunny place, yeah. who's, not, who's not going to do that? Right. And, and, I, and I know the, the liberals would look at, at uh, DeSantis uh, as being worse than the Saudi royal prince. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. so you don't think. Mm-hmm. That we don't go after stupid Republicans. Mm -hmm. Florida Senator Jason Brodeur. Mm -hmm. I first thought this was fake. I thought they were making it up. Then the Hill has the Hill had it, Mm -hmm. and then I went to the local news stations uh, in uh, in uh, in Tampa and elsewhere, and they had it. Florida Senator Jason Brodeur of Lake Mary, Florida, wants bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis or the attorney general or other members of the Florida executive cabinet or our legislature to register, register with the state or face fines. Hmm. Brodeur's proposal 
Now, this is true. Mm-hmm. He's a moron. Mm-hmm. Brodeur's proposal, Senate Bill 1316, would require any blogger writing about government officials to register with the Florida Office of Legislative Services or Commission on Ethics. In the bill, Brodeur wrote that those who write an article, a story, or a series of stories about the governor, the lieutenant governor, a cabinet officer, or any member of the legislature, and receives or will receive payment for doing so, must register with state offices within five days after the publication of an article that mentions mentions an elected state official. <laughs> See the look Eric's giving me. Like, yeah, the whole list of uh, you know, let's we this <laughs> idea of we're going to keep track of you. In another, by the way, the, this I, I'm sitting there going. This guy has to be a Democrat mole put in because that's going to be the only well, no, question I mean, it, it's, to, it's, to DeSantis now. Why and, and DeSantis? I wouldn't be surprised if he spoke on it today and said, "No, nah, we're not going to do this." Well, some I did the same thing you did. Somebody posted the story and commented on it, yeah. and I thought, "No, no, no, no. Somebody's somebody's getting trolled. Somebody's getting trolled. This is somebody trolling somebody else." Because if you're going to propose that, you might as well change parties. Because that isn't going to fly. Well, number one, it's unconstitutional. Yeah. But proposing the idea... Is moronic. I, is, 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 I, I don't know... It's almost again, a setup for DeSantis, well, isn't it? Not? No, I mean, it, it's, it really is. It still reeks of being fake. I know. It's so horrible of an idea. <laughs> For a liberal, it's right out of the playbook. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, when we see those liberal mayors, remember the mayor of Houston, the former mayor of Houston, wanting to know what pastors and churches were talking about? What the sermons were. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Yes. This is right. This is very close to that. If I'm a Republican and you propose that, I'm you're out of the damn party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess you didn't like being a, a senator in Florida. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. You must really hate it. Or you must really want to change parties. <laughs> are, are any of the Democrats calling him a maverick yet? <laughs> his bold no, no. idea it was already written see desantis is trying to protect himself mm. desantis wants this yeah yeah right and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself though i'm telling you because i saw it on twitter first and i was searching for an article this was early yesterday when it first came out i'm like this is fake this is fake this is yeah fake. I'm like, yeah who is this guy like, well, maybe then I saw the Hill.com have it. Then I was doing research. And still, there's a part of me that says, this can't be fake. This can't be true. It's got to be a fake. It's so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it, so. it just, it it still sounds fake. I know, it does. That's I'm it's waiting like. for something, I, someone to come out and go, no, no, no. I checked the Babylon Bee, the yeah. Onion, to make right. sure they weren't reprinting something off of that. It's right. like, yeah. okay, this is true. Buy, go, go to yeah. another party. That's it. Just asinine. Eight six six ninety red eye.
big news from the latest U.S. Drought Monitor. We are seeing below 40% continental United States drought coverage for the first time since the week of September 22nd, 2020. That means that we have broken a record-setting streak of U.S. drought coverage greater than 40% that lasted 126 weeks, well over two years. Well past the previous record of 68 weeks set during the drought of 2012-13, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. All of the stormy weather that we've been seeing starting back in November and lasting all through the winter and now into the early spring, finally having a notable effect on U.S. drought coverage. A near record peak of over 63% of the nation was covered in some form of drought in late October. So in that time, we have seen well over 20% of the country erased from drought coverage. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Time for a uh, We're Doomed update. Okay. Young Americans increasingly believe that they have no future or that humanity is doomed mm. because of climate change. Okay. CBS News reported on Thursday a development that comes as uh, Biden continues with the insane warnings to push his administration's environmental agenda. We see that a lot of young people are saying, I think my life will be worse than my parents' lives said uh, Dr. Sarah Schwartz, excuse me, a psychology uh, professor, pointing to a generational phenomena of climate anxiety. Mm. 46% of Americans between the ages of 16 and 25 are extremely or very worried about the climate, while 26% said climate change has affected the ability to function day-to-day, according to one study. 54% of respondents, meanwhile, said they are afraid of the future. At least... Uh, when the adults were telling us what to be afraid of, uh, the threat actually existed and it was tangible, and that was the Cold War and that was the Russian nuclear missiles. Yeah, right. But There the, was no doubt about that. That yeah. was not uh, something that, that people were, were saying for decades was yep. going to happen. It was happening at that moment. It was very real. Yeah, this is the unconscionable brainwashing of kids. You know, as we've said before, look at all the major uh, apocalyptic predictions from climate change. Has one come true? Mm, Right. Not one. Not one. And the the Democratic Party has been doing this for 40 years now. 50 years they've been doing this. Are there any... Not one has come true. And there's never, never again, an accountability saying... Wait a minute! You've been wrong mm. for forty years. You've mm. been wrong for a half a century. Yeah. Uh, why should we believe you now? It's like what's his name? The doctor that was on sixty minutes. Yeah. Or not the doctor. I don't know if he's a doctor. The guy that wrote the the uh, the the book back in nineteen seventy, mm. and he was wrong on everything. Yeah. They brought him on and as they an brought expert. Him back. Well, we know you're wrong on everything, but yeah. uh, what do you think is going to happen now? Mm. <laughs> 
And and so they're brainwashing kids. And we, we remember the uh, the young girl. Was that before Congress? Where were they? The one wasn't Greta, but it was some other girl that they were asked about, you know, uh, college or whatever, where they were mm-hmm. going to go. Mm-hmm. Was that Pelosi? Was that Feinstein? Is that the girl that responded to Feinstein that time? It, uh, that, and, yeah, and, said, and said, we're not worried about getting co- going to college. We don't think about our future yeah. because there is no future. There's no future. We're not going to have a future because of climate change. What type of reprehensible human being brainwashes a kid with those lies? Al Gore. Yep. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Bonus Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety of Red Eye. Uh, well, one of the things that uh, that happened this week was uh, that the Department of Energy came out and and said that uh, most likely the uh, COVID virus came from a lab leak. Right. Uh, we remember all the things that we were told were conspiracy theories we went through the list of them this week about covid Mm -hmm. and i remember it was had to be early on it probably april or may of 2020 when or maybe it was the summer when all these rules were going in when when it kept when when the frustration started setting in that wait a minute this is supposed to be two weeks to flatten the curve right where did this you know where did this come from and and how do we know these things when we started asking questions, and I remember we said at the time, we said, when this is all over, we're going to know whether the right thing was done or not. Yeah. And whether we were being BSed or not. Right. And now we know that the vast majority of things that the government did, and I'm sorry, but this continues our truthful nar- narrative, that every single major problem that we face today was caused by the government. 
Yep. The people we put into office did not make our lives better. They made our lives worse. Mm-hmm. That's why they can solve it. They were the creators of the destruction. They have no interest in fixing it. Why would they? Well, maybe temporarily because they're looking to get elected in 2024. Uh-huh. But there, uh, the uh, next week on the origins of COVID, uh, the congressional hearings will start. Congressional hearings on censorship and everything else about COVID uh, began uh, this week. And this is our audio cut of the week. It comes from uh, Dr. Martin uh, McCary from Johns Hopkins, uh, who, you know, and, and there were a panel of doctors there, including one of the doctors who wrote the Great Barrington Declaration, who had said that the lockdowns were wrong. Yeah. And these are the doctors that were questioning everything, and they were viewed by the mainstream media and Democrats not as doctors having a legit medical debate, which we now know it was, because they were actually right. They were viewed as fringe conspiracy theorists who might be racist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here is Dr. Uh, McCary from Johns Hopkins. Chairman Winstrup and Ranking Member Ruiz and members of the committee, thank you for the invitation to present. Public health officials have made many tragic mistakes during the pandemic. Failure to warn of the pandemic for months, ignoring natural immunity, dismissing the lab leak as a conspiracy, closing schools, masking toddlers, boosting young healthy people, pushing boosters for young people, bypassing FDA expert panel customary votes that we've been using for decades, telling people to wash their hands like crazy, thinking it was a surface transmission problem, when the other known coronaviruses that caused severe illness, SARS and MERS, were both airborne. Routinely telling people that they have to get the second dose three or four weeks after the first dose, when good data came out of the UK that three months was the ideal time for the second dose, lowering complication rates like myocarditis and increasing antibody response. Telling people the data on the bivalent vaccine was crystal clear when it was authorized based on data from eight mice, and to date, no randomized controlled trial has been conducted. And failing to speak out against the cruel and inhumane hospital visitation policies that prevented people from seeing their dying loved ones, a human rights violation. To be clear, public health officials are not wrong for making recommendations based on the knowledge that they had at the time. But that's not actually what happened. They were wrong because they refused to evolve their positions as the data became abundantly clear. For example, young, healthy people were essentially spared of this pandemic. They had an infection fatality rate no worse than influenza. In fact, ask anyone who's pushing COVID vaccines on healthy young people, has any young, healthy child died in the United States of COVID in the last three years? Do you know? Do any of you know? The CDC director didn't know when she was asked at this Congress. The numbers have never been provided. Could be two, could be 10, could be 25 kids over three years, far less than other common respiratory viruses. Germany did a study. It was zero kids five through 11 years of age that died that were healthy in that entire country in the population study. So what are we doing using intense dogma, telling 50 million children they have to 
lose their livelihood of learning and being in school and school lunch programs and covering their faces based on what? This intense, intense arrogance is what people are frustrated by, and they have a right to be upset right now. The data was abundant for a long time. We're not talking about making the best decision at the time with the information at hand. We're talking about ignoring data on natural immunity, over 160 studies now over two years, including a JAMA study that my team published out of Hopkins. Why didn't they even even do this study? My team had to go out and invite people who had the infection early on, and then a a year and and two years after the infection, see whether or not they had antibodies. Not a hard study to do. I, too... um, Ranking member, member Ruiz, am concerned about misinformation. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? That myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never-vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews, and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. You know, I, I the 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 one uh, there's a lot of things in there. I mean, because I don't disagree with anything that he said. Uh, number one, the, the the first point: has anyone, anywhere, any doctor, anybody from the CDC, anybody in a media written article said that what all those doctors said at that panel earlier this week was incorrect? No. No, they Not didn't one. even, do, uh, you know, the, the when they issued uh, uh, the the Great Barrington uh, document in October of 2020, there was no scientific debate. It was sever them and then shut them down. 
we're not going to even have the conversation. It was like the lab league theory. That's how it was treated. And you didn't have any, because you would expect, I mean, the way that they did the uh, Hunter laptop thing. Well, uh, we had dozens of former Intel people that said this sure looks like it's Russian uh, propaganda. They didn't even have, they didn't even try and take that approach where they said, well, we've got some doctors who said, no, this isn't, that's not accurate. Now, Fauci always put up the front, but they never went through. We always look at things and say, okay, uh, you have a study come out, uh, um, uh, any kind of data that comes out with um, anything from the medical field, is it peer reviewed, right? That's what we look for. What does the community of scientists or doctors think about that? And you didn't see that in October of 2020. It was, how dare you, this is a conspiracy theory, Yep, was really the feeling that you got from what they were saying about it and how they were attacking it. And you didn't see anybody this week try and counter what they were saying. I didn't see anybody. Because normally the MO would be, you know, a, a CNN or somebody would, you know, have a doctor on, right, and then bring them on and say, okay, uh, you know, what's wrong with what they're saying? Uh, you have a problem. Tell us what your problem is with what they're saying. I didn't see that anywhere. No. And when he brought up, um, and it's something that we questioned all the time, and this was the lockdown of schools, and we said, Why? Because from the very beginning until the end, as he just said there, you know, how many young people died of COVID that were healthy? And be brought up Germany, zero. Hmm. We don't know the CDC. We don't have those, those numbers. Why don't we have those numbers? But he said it. And this is something that was consistent. It is less lethal than the flu to young people and that held from the beginning of covid all the way till today right that never changed no and so we said why are you locking down the schools right what's the purpose of doing and you never got any answer it was just you had to right was that because randy weingarten wished uh for teachers not have to go into work where they could work remotely right well i i, I don't know i don't know what the answer would be i don't know why you would do it when the well, science none of it was made clear when the science wasn't there and the last one and it hits me hard every time he said it because it's uh, uh three years ago next month that my mom died hmm. and every time that's said it hits me uh, you know I couldn't go I could have because there was plenty of time I could have if the hospitals would have let me. And the airlines were flying, you know, with a, you, you, you know, I could have done it, everything there. Right. That, but they said, you can't get in. Right. So I could not have been in to see my mom in her last few days. I couldn't go to the funeral. I couldn't go to, I had to watch it all, you know, my mom's funeral. I had to watch on a, uh, basically on a, on a computer. Mm-hmm. I talked to my mom the last couple of days with my only my sister who was the only one allowed in in a, basically a hazmat suit with an iPad over my mom so I could talk to her you know you think about those things and look I I come from a very very strong family and 
you know, as as much as I that I got emotional for a moment there, I can hear my mother saying, "Deal with it, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it." But I know if I went through it and how it has affected me and how it affected me at that time, I can only imagine how it's affected millions of other people who went through the same thing. I'm not asking for pity on my side. I'm just I'm I'm just looking at the millions of Americans that had to go through that. I knew a man that got sick. He was in the hospital for three months, and his he had one child, a daughter, and his wife could not come to see him. Yeah, and he died in that hospital. Right. And and I probably because it was early on, my sister was allowed in. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have happened three months down the road. Right, there would have been no contact at all. Yeah, my dad, you know, again until the last day where he talked to her on, the, he never got to go in. Right, and those and and like you say. So many stories out there like that, that were, those situations were not necessary. They weren't necessary, no. And it, it breaks, it breaks my, not from self-pity, but it breaks my heart thinking of everybody else. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, and, and people that had it worse than I did. Not mm. just everybody, people had it worse. You know, somebody had a heart attack. They were down. They were. You never saw them again, even if they were in the hospital for a month or two. Well, I, I wondered about the mindset of my friend's, you know, young daughter, who doesn't have the coping skills and wonders why she can't go see him. Yeah, exactly. And then to learn he's not coming home. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. I wonder if the, uh, the, the, the hearings that they're going to have on COVID that are very, very, you know, you, you, you watch them, and it's like, whoa. I mean, they're really, you're, you're not, it's not politicians against politicians. It's doctors yeah. that were called racist and conspiracy theorists yep. who were right now coming forward. Mm. I wonder if Congress will appoint an independent commission to look at everything. COVID. I think there's a decent chance of that. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.